0: Isn't it good to be in the house of God? Do you know there's a real sound of victory here this morning? I believe um, your drummer has got the sound of victory on him. I'm telling you. I want you to do a drum solo, right? Because I'm telling you, you are anointed to drum. The sound of heaven is in every stroke. And I believe that God has anointed you to literally bring the heartbeat of God. But what I want you to do is bring a sound of victory into every heart here. So why don't we just let him go for it? I want you to bring victory now. Go, go. I'm um, so happy to be here, so joyful to be here. You know what I want to bring today as we still stand? I want us to pray that you walk out of here changed, that you walk out of here different that you've come in here a certain way, but you walk out with courage, that you walk out with your head held high and you are completely trusting in God, trusting in his word, trusting in his presence, trusting in his provision. And this is what I want to impart, deposit and encourage you with today. Amen. If you believe that, say amen and take a seat. Thank you so much. Wow. Gosh, that's all I could hear on that drummer was victory, victory, victory. And, you know, I believe that today God really wants to bring courage into C3 Silverwater. Amen? Um, We've been uh, studying the Psalm 23. Isn't it been incredible? Who's been enjoying that series, Psalm 23? I was privileged to uh, speak at C3 Avalon last weekend. So I got, I'm sort of in the flow, you know, I'm going verse to verse. (laughs) So um, I thought we'd bring up... Psalm 23, verse 5, for you to have a look at today. So here we go. This is what we're going to study today. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Isn't that an incredible word? You present, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's just an incredible picture. You know, David had just walked through, in the last verse, the valley of the shadow of death. He had just been in a place of fear, perhaps intimidation. He'd been through a valley, a dark place, a lonely place. You know, in verse 4, it says that God was with him through that dark valley. And if you, you know, I know you know the story of David very well and what a man of God he is. And you know, when he was going through that valley last, last week, we talked about, um, you know, how God is ever-present, ever with us, no, no matter what what we're facing. And now we're looking at this verse in this first part of this, this scripture that says, in the presence of my enemies. You know, it tells me that my enemies are quite close. In the, I'm in the presence of my enemies. You know, I believe, church, that we have enemies against us that are working against us all the time To intimidate, to to keep us in fear, to keep us held back, to keep us, you know, just locked up and caged up, so that we don't actually soar to all the heights that God has us to soar to. And you know, I believe that God's always asking us to be courageous. Isn't it horrible? I can't stand it. You know, I'm like holding on to my safe little boat, but God's always like, "Get out of the boat!" You know, you need to walk on the water because you know why Jesus is out on the water. Jesus is not in the boat; he's on the water. So if you want to be with Jesus, you've got to start walking on the water, amen. So, um, yeah, you know, I bought I bought a little kitten recently, and I want to show you a picture. Do you want to see a picture of my little kitten? Can we bring up that first photo? You're going to just go, oh, oh, isn't it cute? Oh, look at him! That's my little kitten, Jinx. I didn't want to call him Jinx, but my son did. It. it was my son's birthday present. Okay, little Jinx is a bit bigger than that now. This was a few weeks ago. Um, let me t- show you the second picture of Jinx. Okay, here he is, right, he's a holy ghost cat, look at him, sitting on the word of God. Are you sitting on the word of God, church? Are you? Right, there's little jinx. Now, you see, that's our back garden now, something's got his attention, what is it? I'll tell you, this is what he's looking at, can we bring up the next picture, No, not that one, the crow, there it is, that is what little Jinx is looking at. That's Jinx's enemy. My message this morning is called Stone the Crows. (laughs) This crow had a plan for my little Jinx and he was giving some very intimidating looks to um to little jinx. Now go back to that last picture you showed. That one. Now see, he's up now. He was sitting on the word. Now he's standing on the word. <laughs> right. Okay, when you've done everything, church, to stand stand. When you've done everything, stand. I'm telling you that if my little kitten can figure it out, then we should be able to figure it out. Okay, here he is in the presence of an enemy That crow, I'm telling you what's going through that crow's mind. That looks like a tasty little morsel. I might just call my mates over and we'll take this one. And then I've got the most annoying sound crows, don't they? You know, is that good? I could get louder. Like, it's horrible, isn't it? You know? And anyway, what happened is little Jinx is there. This crow, I'm not joking, little Jinx went for a little, he thought he'd take the crow on. Because, see, Jinx thinks he's a lion, not a kitten. So he's just, like, he's got the attention of the crow. The crow swoops to take Jinx out, and but but I'm there. And I swoop faster than the crow. So I'm on top of Jinx, basically. Like, I swoop the kitten, and I put him inside the house and shut the glass door. Jinx was not happy he is at the glass door wanting to get out to face danger to face he wants to take on the enemy but who knows that the enemy would take jinx out because he's a little kitten you know he's thinking that he's more advanced than what he is and so sometimes god shuts the door on things that we when we are in danger god will swoop in and literally pick you up and shut you behind a door and shut the door and we think that is rejection. But I'm telling you, rejection is God's protection. All right? This is what God does. This is this, like, we have enemies ready to swoop. We have enemies watching for a vulnerability in our walk with God. We have an ever-present enemy, but I'm telling you this morning we have an ever-present God who's far bigger, way stronger, and who sees further than even that the enemy can't even see. But the but you know the, the crow can't doesn't even wouldn't even know about me. But I'm telling you that that protection that I felt over that little kitten is how you know it's just a minuscule of how God feels about you, and He will literally swoop you out of situations and shut the door so that you don't get hurt. You don't. Even you know God says you will not stumble you will not fall uh, you won't even you won't even strike your foot against a stone because of my ever-present help amen oh I just love that metaphor because it was just like God's heart you know I I sort of saw and there's little jinx you know he's upset with me he's like let me out let me out I want I want danger let me out let me out I want evil no let me go let me go straight into the enemy's hand ever done that you know we do that we don't understand that god's trying to protect us god's trying to god is trying to thwart our enemies you know and god does that do you know i would love to see how many times god has thwarted the enemy for me and i haven't even seen it or known it right he's always there so such an amazing god you know that kitten was sitting on the word. And I believe that sometimes all we have, but all we need is the word of God. All we have, but all we need is the word of God. You know, when I I left an abusive marriage about 10 years ago now, and, uh, it was probably one of the most fearful times of my life. And, uh, because I was in a, a marriage that, that was physically abusive, mentally, and, uh, emotionally abusive it was a horrible dark time in my life and and God spoke to me so clearly and said I will hold your hand and I knew that if I had God's hand then what could harm me but I had to make a decision was I going to believe in a God that I can't see touch or touch I mean, if Hartley was to say to me, Nick, Nick, I'll hold your hand. It's something, someone physical I can see, right? So, yeah, I can trust it. But when we're putting our trust in a God that we can't see, it requires courage. It requires faith. It requires a choice that to the natural mind can seem crazy. So if God said to me, I will hold your hand, I had to trust that say, okay, so you know what though? When God speaks, I believe the voice of God carries faith with it. I believe that there's a injection of faith that goes with the word. So when God speaks, whether that's through the Holy Spirit, as like I heard him, or whether that's when you're reading the word of god and, and literally a scripture jumps off the page at you that there is faith because the word of god is living and active that there is faith in the word and so when you get that faith and you know that that's god that's what you can literally step out on you will not sink so i i took god at his word and i left that abusive marriage 10 years ago and i knew because God gave me Psalm 91, and He said, "I have put my angels around you, concerning you. I've put my angels around you. You will not fear the terror of the night. You will not. You will not fear. You. I am around you. I am with you. I'm, I am there. You know. My, my biggest fear was that I was going to get, uh, you know, hunted down and and hit again, or something really bad was going to happen, or to my little baby. You know, I had a one-year-old and a six-month pregnancy when I left my marriage. It was a quite a scary thing." but I had the hand of God. That's all I needed. And you know look at look at now 10 years later. 10 years later God has restored me. God has honored me. God has you know set me on the course of my life. The will of God has become so evident because all I've done is cling to that word. Sit on the word. Sometimes sit sit and meditate like that little kitten. Just sit there, meditate. Let it literally go into my heart and my spirit and my mind and let it reform who I am. I could have stayed there stuck like an abused single mother, and gone. You know what? I can stay here like a victim for the next ten years. I can stay believing that I'm useless, that I made a mistake, that God will never restore me, that all that all my dreams are washed up, that I'll never I'll never work for God again. You know, I could have stay, I could have done that, or I could have believed God that you know I could have believed His word that said, No, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You know that nothing is impossible with the will of God, and literally prophesied over my life. For 10 years prophesied, I will speak the Word of God, I will preach the Word of God. You know, you've got to make a choice to believe the Word over your circumstances. Over time, your circumstances will shift and change to line up with the truth. And this is our choice all the time, isn't it? to believe what God says about us or to believe what those crows are saying. The crows are intimidating. The crows bring fear. The crows bring, you know, um, they're like, you can't do it. You're hopeless. You're useless. You've blown it. Stone the crows, I say. I was thinking if I was David out there in the wilderness, and I saw one of those crows. You know they're as big as chickens? I was looking at the meat on them. I mean, they're huge. That could pick up that little kitten, just... Just take it like that. And I think, if I was David and I was out there in the wilderness and I saw one of those crows, I'd get my slingshot. pin Bam! And you could have a nice roast dinner with one of them. I was a fair bit of meat. They're huge, these crows. But I say stone the crows. Because you need to stone the crows when they come to you and say, you can't do it. You need to stone the crows when they say, oh, you know, I'm going to have you for breakfast. (laughs) You know, you're washed up. You've made mistakes. God's never going to use you. Oh, you're in financial ruin. You're always going to be in poverty. Stone those crows, right? So um, Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is alive and active. The Word of God is doing something all the time, even when you can't see the changes, the Word's working, the Word's working, the Word's working, if you're sitting on it, standing on it. The Word of God's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Whoo! What a weapon! What a weapon we carry! sharper than any double-edged sword. That means when a crow comes, when an intimidating spirit comes, when a spirit of fear comes, you can get the word and slice it, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is infallible. The word of God is eternal The word of God never changes. It never moves. And if God said it, God will do it. If God said it, God will perform it. What is God saying to you? He will not let you down. He will carry out his word for you. I am telling you the truth this morning. Do you believe that? Say amen. Oh, it's awesome. He's our ever-present help. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. Let's go to the next part of the scripture. He anoints my head with oil. I forgot to press the timer, Hartley. You'll have to tell me when to be quiet. He anoints my head with oil. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh my goodness, I've got a funny story. You could, you're could, you going to love this, Pastor Hartley. I was preaching at C3 Spectrum Church, and it was a Friday night youth uh, meeting and um, I was bringing this message and literally halfway through the message my whole voice just could uh, just dried up I could not get a word out and I'm literally there trying to preach and I was approaching you know all these great points and I just could uh, I was, uh, I'd have water, water wouldn't help, water made it worse, I don't know what happened, my whole voice dried up, and the, and the pastor in the front row was like, I'm giving her the, the eye, like, you know, I'm struggling here, you know, and I know that this pastor, she's like, she's, um, you know, she's giving me this great look, like, keep going, keep going, you know, and I got to the end, and I'm literally, like, really struggling to get every word out, and it went on for probably 10, 15 minutes, um, where I was just, I just, it was so painful to talk, like sandpaper in my throat, and then right at the end of my preaching, the pastor has this little uh, little jar, and she runs up to the side i 'm getting off the stage i 'm so grateful to get off because I just needed relief for my throat. She runs up the stairs and gives me this like I thought it was oh thank god she 's got a concoction for my throat, and i 'm just oh thank God, you know, and she gives it to me, and I scull it like oh like that, I scull it, and she and she looks at me in horror, like, she, I give it. I go, oh, thank you, and then I'm trying to, like, mask the displeasure on my face and go, that was disgusting, whatever that was, was foul, and I give her back the canister and she looks at me like, she's looking, she's looking at me, she's looking, she said, I've never seen it done like that before. I said, What what do you mean? I said, What was that? That was disgusting. She goes, Oh, that was the anointing oil. (laughs) I just drank a whole thing of olive oil. It was disgusting. She was running up to give me the oil so I could pray for the sick. I thought she was trying to help me. I needed prayer. After I got off preaching, they said, Would you? They were having hamburgers and chips. I said, Oh, no, thanks. <laughs> got any salad to go with my oil? <laughs> they did create me a nice salad, it was all I could cope with. But uh, it's funny, isn't it? The oil of joy. Do you know what? I just kind of. I love the oil and anointing, don't get me wrong, but I'm just kind of not used to it. It's not really my thing. I just I just got my own oil, right? I think God has got oil. God fills us with the oil of joy. I mean, you can lay hands on the sick and they'll get well without oil, but you can use oil too, up to you, wherever your faith is, right? I've just got, I've got faith without oil. That's all right. I've got faith with oil. But um, the oil of joy is always there, And the oil is for a purpose. So the oil was, the oil meant to be anointed means to be set apart, to be set apart for a particular purpose. You know, Isaiah 61 says, uh, I will tell you what it says. There it is. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor of a spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Isn't that awesome? So you are anointed, anointed to serve God. The oil is for separation for God. You know, when when these guys go out to Parramatta, amazing, right? When you go out to Parramatta, you'll find that there'll be more anointing on you. A new anointing will come upon you because God has got you're in his service you you're serving the poor that's God's heart and when you're doing anything that that is in God's word and you're and and you're going you know to do the call of God then more anointing comes not so we can feel good about ourselves but to actually carry out the job amen so if God anoints us what are we supposed to do with the anointing I'm telling you what we're not supposed to do we're not supposed to just get the oil and go whoa God, isn't he awesome? Yeah, he is awesome. But you're supposed to do something with it. You're supposed to actually go with the oil and give it away. <laughs> Amen. And then when you give it away, you get more, you know, about the woman with the jar and the oil. And she kept getting, she kept going to get more canisters, more jars, more jars. And when she stopped getting jars, when she stopped getting jars, the oil stopped. I'm telling you, when we stop serving people, the oil will stop, Carly Lewis. But as we, as we go and serve people, the oil will keep flowing. The oil will keep flowing, you know. You're an oil breaker through her. You are. You are a bringer of oil. You are an amazing woman of God. Isn't she an amazing woman of God? She's literally, she's literally, you know, giving uh, C three a place to to for the oil to flow. And I believe, as a church, as a church, when we stop bringing people into the house of God, the oil dries up. If you really want the oil of joy flowing in this place, flowing in C3 Silverwater. Go get someone. Go get an empty jar, an empty person, a person who needs Jesus Christ. Bring them in. I'm telling you, the oil will start to flow in your life, not just in your life. Imagine corporately, corporately, if C3 Church Silverwater all got up and brought empty jars in. Bring empty people in. Fill the seats with empty people. Imagine the revival, the joy, the revival. That's how we get the oil to flow. Amen? As you hunger, so will you be filled. As you hunger. You know, you can cry out for oil. You can cry out for oil, but unless you're hungry, unless you're desperate, you know, God... I went to Reinhard Bonnke's School of Evangelism. Right? It was the most amazing thing I ever did. It was incredible. A whole week with Reinhard. Can you imagine it? I was uh, I was drunk. That's all I can say. I'm so glad I went by myself. I could just be spastic, but I just got so filled. I went so hungry so desperate for a move of God, so desperate for revival. God, fill me, change me, move me, shake me. And I went there and uh, I literally came back so full of oil. It was awesome. you know. But this is what I'm saying to you. You can hunger a little and you'll be satisfied a little. You can hunger for much and God will bring you much. How's your hunger level today? Are you hungry for God? You know, if you really want something to change in your life today, if you are really over being poverty and being in poverty and having not enough finances to, to meet the bills, if you're really over um, being in a bad relationship, if you're really over it, then if you cry out to God and stand on his word and sit on his word and do not move until you see your circumstances change, I'm telling you, God cannot let you down because his word is perfect. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It's awesome. Matthew twenty six forty two, this talks about your cup. I'm talking about your cup overflowing. And, you know, this is Jesus. I'm telling you this, church, our cup overflows because Jesus drank the cup for us. Jesus drank the cup so we didn't have to. It was the most bitter cup. It was the hardest cup to drink because one man would die for many. Jesus was going to shed his blood. His blood represented what was going to fill the cup. In his blood, in his sacrifice, is your victory. His victory is your victory. What he overcame was massive. He was sweating blood, it was that intense and he went to the father and said if if, if there's any way father I don't have to drink this cup oh but let your will be done he went back the second time, the verse, verse 42, Matthew 26 verse 42 says he went away a second time and prayed my father if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it May your will be done. He went back a third time. He asked God three times, is there any way that I don't have to do this, that it would be good, But your will be done? And right then, and this is the crux, church, we we all have those moments, minuscule, not compared to Jesus, we could never do that, but minuscule. We have these moments where we have a choice to obey God and believe his word or just go our own way and try it in our own strength we all have it and we always come up to the point and i'm telling you i want to bring you courage today that if you put your hope in the word of god if you put your hope in a god that you can't see but will hold your hand he will hold your hand through any trial through any temptation thanks team come up that'd be great you know we don't have to drink the cup my cup overflows because he drank the cup. I don't have to be poor because he became poor for me. I don't have to be sick because he became, you know, he took sickness on the cross. I have eternal life today, eternal life. I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven when I die because I have a deposit called the Holy Spirit in me. And I'm asking you today to consider this church that I want you to walk out here guaranteed knowing that you have that same deposit, that deposit that you know where you're going when you die, you know that you are with God, that you are hand in hand with God. But listen, church, in a minute we're going to pray for anybody who is not sure about that and need, you, you either need to invite God into your life or you need to come back to God today. So maybe you're just not sure, you know, in a minute we're going to pray for those people. But let me encourage you, church, too, that if you would hold on to the Word of God and trust it and believe it. You know, faith is believing before you can see it. You've got to believe it before you see it. And this is is how we get salvation. It's through faith, through faith, by grace. It means it's an unmerited gift. God's saying, I've done everything. I drank the cup. I drank it for you. All you need to do now is receive what I did for you on the cross. Everybody was trying to kill Jesus. Everybody was trying to shut him down, shut his mouth. They were trying to shut the disciples' mouth. Not, don't tell anyone about Jesus because the power is in, the, in his name. The power is in what Jesus did on the cross. This, I'm, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about a powerful, transformational, powerful message that can transform your life like it's transformed my life. From a beaten up single mum to a preacher all around Australia bringing the good news. How does God do that in a decade? By faith. So if that's you, I'm going to pray for you. I want you to consider this. if Don't be connected to God just by the hand. Be connected to God by the heart. There's two ways we can join with God. By the hand, by the heart, why not try both? Amen. He will lead you by the hand, but he's got to have your heart first. So why don't we just all bow our heads in prayer right now? Holy Spirit, you are here. I know God's talking to people all over this place. Some of our hearts have gone astray. Some of our hearts have gone cold. Some of our hearts don't believe anymore. Some of our hearts are discouraged and weary. And you know, this is an opportunity for you to re-engage your heart. So if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life ever, like you've never opened the door literally, like said, surrender, surrender, I surrender God, let your will be done, not mine, like Jesus did. Not not my will, your will be done, Lord. If that's you, in a minute, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to, to be bold and raise your hand, not for my sake, for God's sake. I'm going to include you in a prayer of salvation that absolutely guarantees by faith that you will be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. So I'm giving you an opportunity today to to receive salvation, receive eternal life and have all your sins washed away because Jesus drank that cup for you. And if that's you, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. But you know what? You may need to come back to God. You've said that before, but you know that you need to come back. You're not living right. There's something distancing between you and God and you need to come back and make a fresh commitment to God and say, you know what, God, I'm going to give you my heart this time. I'm in boots and all boots and all. I'm going to believe your word 100%. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you in a minute to raise your hand too. And you know what? If you're just not sure about where you're going and you just don't have peace about where you're going, if you were to die tomorrow, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand too. Are you ready? Just raise your hand now. Do it now. Who is there today? You need to to come back to God. Thank you, Jesus. Who else? Who is there? Who else is there? Come on. I know there's somebody here. You need to make a fresh commitment to come back to God. Thank you, God. Amen. Who else is there? I'm going to give you one more minute. Just raise your hand. Be bold. Don't even worry about the person next to you. Who who is there today? Just raise your hand nice and high so I can see it. Include you in a prayer. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome beautiful. Who else is there? I know there's more beautiful. All right as we stand church, I want uh, to pray for these for the people that raise their hand. just come out the front, give them come, just come. It's beautiful. Spirit, just if you know that you need to be here, just run, run out now. I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation or a prayer of rededication. Anyone else, just run now. Awesome. All right, we're going to pray with Lana. This is awesome. Jesus is going to walk into your life, big time. Repeat this prayer after me. Church, why don't we pray together? Dear Jesus, you repeat those words after me. Dear Jesus, come into my life. I let you in. I surrender. I believe you are the Son of God and you died for me. Forgive me for all my sins, all my mistakes. Thank you for my fresh start, washed clean because of you. I'm alive in Christ. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let me pray for you, Lana. Lana, I I believe that God is going to transform your life. I thank you for the step of courage that you've taken today. And I know that God is coming into your world like a flood, like a flood. He's going to come through and show you that he is so real, so true, and so for you. And if he is for you, nothing can be against you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've got someone behind you who's going to pray with you further. And, uh, um, and you're going to do that now and give you a Bible, and then um, I'll chat with you later. Okay, awesome. Why don't we give Lana a round of applause? Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. Come on, can we give it up to God? I love how we can transform a human's life. What a great God He is as we stand on Him and His Word. Hey Church, can we just take our seats just for 60 seconds? What I'm going to do right now is... um, we have so many of our, our, our people from our campuses come and preach here and they 're part of the family, and we never take up love offerings for people, but today we 're going to take one up for Nick because I know she 's taking right now some significant steps to uh, bold steps to go and be really available for God to use her in her walk and I just want to, as a church, if you want to just hear today say. Nick, we're behind you. I'm behind you. I'm going to help you in this. Oh, we're just going to take up a love offering now. You can just find any envelope that's on your seat. If it says Vision Builders, just cross it off and put love offering. But I just want us as a church to just... Uh, sh- uh, Nick travels as you she-